the keys are to the glory days at the stick. From who's got it better than us to brick by brick. It's always the 49ers way from off season to game day. Yeah, we talk back. It's the 49ers cut back. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. Welcome to the show, everyone. The game reaction post-game show. This is going to be a lot of fun. Talking 49ers with a four straight victory. San Francisco 49ers defeat the Arizona Cardinals 35-16. to And it was a tremendous performance from the 49ers offense. And, of course, you can't start any conversation about the 49ers offense without talking about how great Brock Purdy was today, how great he was going 20 of 21 for 283 yards, a 13.5-yard average with one touchdown. That's through the air. He also had the quarterback sneak. He only had one sack. It was a big one, uh, 12 yards, but he had 134.6 rating. It was a great performance for Brock Purdy. It was a tremendous performance from Christian McCaffrey, who had 20 carries for 106 yards and three touchdowns, including another touchdown through the air. Christian McCaffrey did it all for the San Francisco 49ers today. It looked pretty clear in this game that Debo Samuel was nothing more than a decoy. The 49ers were going to limit the amount that he touched the ball, but they had to at least make the Arizona Cardinals stay honest with the fact that he could do some things. So a lot of runs to the edge. Uh, but they didn't really need him because McCaffrey, Brock Purdy, and, of course, Brandon Ayuk. Uh, Brandon Ayuk had such a great performance today. Six catches, 148 yards, 24.7, a 42-yard long. So six targets, six catches for Brandon Ayuk. Christian McCaffrey, seven catches, 71 yards, and a touchdown. Those two were getting it all done today. They were doing the dirty work for the 49ers, and they operated at a very high level. I was very impressed with the entire 49ers offense. It played very effective and very efficient, and that's exactly what you want from your 49ers offense. So what's up to everyone in chat? How's it going? David Campbell's in the house. How's it going? What's up, Josh? Uh, Josh was with me over on the PSF app. He was giving commentary and chat the entire time, so thanks so much, Josh. What's up, Donald? Donald's in the house. Uh, Mark says, great victory with one blemish giving up a 99-yard drive. I think that one was a blemish. I also believe the Ambry Thomas getting beat on the double move and allowing points at the end of the first half, uh, and not points as far as field goal, but points as far as touchdown was a major blemish as well. Uh, so you're right. And I like this. I like this from Soothing Sounds, decisive. I think that's exactly uh, what the 49ers were in this game, was absolutely decisive and I don't know how many people bet on this game but with the 49ers holding on to that lead you might have had a you know a really good opportunity to get the points I think the 49ers were plus 14 uh, but football is back and bet online is your number one information source for all your sports wagering info with all the up to the minute stats news scores and matchup breakdowns get the latest game odds spreads and totals from the NFL and college football at your fingertips with Bet Online's real time updates on statistics, news, and odds. From week one all the way to the college football playoff and Super Bowl, Bet Online gives you access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere 
online. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Remember to use your promo code BELIEVE, that's capital B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Uh, so, yeah, it, it was a, a fun, exciting game. Four yards offense was absolutely humming. And soothing sounds, but does our defense need to work or is Arizona offense, offense actually humming? I think it's a combination of both soothing, soothing sounds. I think there were opportunities for the 49ers defense to get off the field. I think there were opportunities that they actually took advantage of to get off the field. Uh, they forced multiple fourth downs. They had the, the punt, a uh, fake punt that ends up getting a first down. That one really hurt. And then you also had the scramble, you know, from a very talented athletic quarterback in, in Joshua Dobbs. Uh, talented with his legs, is, it really, uh, but effective in throwing the football, too. He converted at, you know, 68% co uh, completion percentage. That was pretty good. So I do think the 49ers could have gotten off the field more. I thought they made a few mistakes. Uh, but I think Arizona's offense is better than maybe people gave them credit for. But overall, I thought the defense played well. They still stopped the run at a pretty high rate. So I think it's a combination of both. The defense has some things they need to tighten down the hatches on. A little bit of concerns about the cornerback position at the nickel. Uh, they put Isaiah Oliver out for a while, put Ambry Thomas back in, and Ambry gave up the big play. So question marks there. There's question marks about Isaiah Oliver being able to play against quick wide receivers in the slot. If you watch my game preview show, that was something that I was concerned about. And it did rear its ugly head a little bit. Later on in the game, they went to it, and they were effective enough. Uh, but I had predicted this game at 38-16 49ers. So the fact that the Arizona Cardinals scored 16 points didn't really surprise me. One of the reasons I thought was Joshua Dobbs' use of the legs to scramble, and he was effective in that area. So he did a pretty good job. And I like this from Grimace. He said, Purdy is him. We're going undefeated, CMC MVP, and Super Bowl MVP. Uh, Brock Purdy looked like him today. He was spectacular, full confidence, uh, absolutely comfortable with what he was seeing, going through his progressions. And it really, the 49ers would have scored on every single drive if it wouldn't have been for Colton McKivitz giving up that sack at the wrong time. A loss of 12 forces third and 24. And then Trent Williams gives up a little bit of pressure on the next play. Other than that, the 49ers offense was effective, efficient. It was really good. At one point in the fourth quarter, they'd only faced three first down or three third downs in the entire game. I mean, the fact that you're not even being forced to third down and you're scoring touchdowns at the rate you are means you are effective on first and second down at a different level than most teams. So it was a great offensive performance, top to bottom for the 49ers. And then I thought the defense had its moments where it looked good. It had some struggles. And then I thought the special teams was the same way. Great punt coverage from the special teams. Uh, Jake Moody kicking out of bounds. You can't have that happen. That was a big mistake. Also, uh, Coach Brian Snyder not having punt safe and uh, being able to stop that fake punt, I think also is a big point in that game. So those are things to remember as well. David Campbell says Hargrave was such a great signing. The fun thing about Javon, Javon Hargrave signing with the 49ers is last year, 49ers three interior sacks from everybody. All of them together, three sacks. This year, Javon Hargrave, three sacks. He's already equaled the total of the entire defensive interior defensive line last year by himself. Uh, it's, it's been more than worth the signing, worth the money. 
He's producing at a high level. When he gets one-on-ones, he's winning consistently. I think Javon Hargrave is worth every single penny, and he's proving it all the time. 49ers defensive line is definitely consistently putting on pressure and creating hurries. Donald says, Ayuk is on fire. The cards are fools, uh, so let them burn. It, he, he was on fire. He uh, Welcome back, Brandon Ayuk. I mean, he missed one game. The 49ers had Debo go off. Now he comes back. Now he goes off with his best output of the season as far as yardage and, and yardage per catch. He, he looked really good. Mike Thompson says, we stopped the fourth and seven or the fake punt on fourth and two. We really blow them out. Yeah, that's completely accurate. You're right. The, the fourth and seven, Dre Greenlaw is just short getting him uh, to the ground before the sticks. That would have been huge. But you can't give up seven yards in that situation. You got to make sure you, you get the big stop. And then you're right on the fourth and two, the fake punt. Uh, you've just got to play punt safe. And I think they were feeling that maybe Gannon was going to be less aggressive. Well, he proved to be hyper-aggressive in this game, not just going for fake punts, going for it on fourth down in several occasions, going for two-point conversions. Uh, so if that's going to be the norm for Gannon, the 49ers are going to have to make sure they remember to play things safe when they get into those situations because he's aggressive the same way that uh, Sirianni is in Philadelphia. So maybe he took some of the lessons from him and rolled them into his own head coaching experience here. What's up, Brad? Brad's in the house. He says, I think the diff- the defense is going to need to play better next week if we're going to beat Dallas. Uh, yeah, I think you're going to need all three phases. I mean, Dallas Dallas Cowboys are a good football team from top to bottom, and the 49ers are going to have to be effective in all three phases of the game. 49ers need to play with the efficiency they're playing with right now. Of course, it's going to be tougher sledding against Dallas with the speed rush off the outside, but also the defensive line and the problems that they're going to create for the 49ers offensive line. Uh, but there's just a lot of really cool matchups in that game, and I'm looking for Dallas week is, is a different level, right? The energy is going to be insane. Uh, but we do have a, su- a, a super chat because Jay Ellie used his membership uh, abilities to say one week at a time, one W at a time, going to find out next week. Let's go, crew. And thanks so much, Jay Ellie, for being a member of the Cutback crew right here on YouTube for 24 months. So officially two years, Jay Ellie has supported the program. Thank you so much, Jay Ellie. You are one of the best, and go Knowles. Uh, Jay Ellie, one of a, a fellow uh, Knowles fan here. Uh, there's a few of us out there that are 49ers and Knowles, and he's one of them. Let's see. Josh says right here, uh, first time going against the new coach and new quarterback, I'd expect Arizona to be less effective next meeting. You, it could be right, right? It could be true. I thought the 49ers took certain things away, and then they had some things that they struggled with. And I thought anything that had a crosser for Hollywood Brown was a problem for the 49ers. That's to be expected. The 49ers ran a little bit of man coverage in this game. So you're right, getting those situations there. Uh, and then you had Michael Wilson make a couple of plays down the field. Bravo to him. I don't think he'll surprise the 49ers next time. So we'll see what their offense, Arizona's offense, looks like. We get down the road, and we'll see what the 49ers do you know, later on in this year. But, I mean, the main thing is you adjusted on the fly. You got the win. And when it came down to it, the offense played at such a high level and executed at such a high level that it allowed the rest of the team uh, to not have their best output and still go ahead and beat a team by 15 points. That's very impressive. Marvis says Arizona played hard, and do not forget they are better than what the talking heads are saying. I couldn't agree more. They beat Dallas Cowboys. 
They were in games with the Giants and the Commanders, and the Commanders pushed Philadelphia to their limit today, forcing them into overtime. So you're right. Arizona is better than what people think, and the 49ers are, are you know, operating at a high level. When you score 35 points and you give up 16 in a game, that's great in today's NFL. Remember, last year the 49ers' average points per game were closer to 17. So uh, they're still staying within that number. It was another great output for the 49ers. So I'm, I'm super excited about where they're going you know, with the game and all that. Pumped about it. Hugo in the house says, what's up, TCC? Yeah, that 99-yarder going to have everyone running gas or suicide tomorrow at practice. Uh, they're not – I mean, the thing is, is they're going to get over it, right? They're going to talk about the errors that they made, you know, the, the missed assignments here and there. You know, one of them, I think they took advantage of the 49ers being caught in a certain coverage where they have Fred Warner trying to run across the field with Hollywood Brown. That was a big explosive. Those things you don't want to allow to happen. Uh, but you adjust. You remember what happened. You make changes, and you adjust. So, yeah, those things aren't fun. You don't like those situations. I'm sure Kyle was very upset about how the first half ended and how the second half started where his first offensive drive stalls just past midfield because of the uh, pressure caused by, you know, Colton McKivis basically whiffing on the outside man. And then Arizona going 99 yards for a touchdown. I'm sure that didn't make him happy. But what does make him happy is how they responded after that. The offense answered back. Then the defense stiffened up a little bit. Uh, then special teams played well. So I think you can always take things away that are positive. But you're right. There's things they're going to have to work on when they get into the film for sure. Let's see. WTM says, Coach Ant, what grade do you give Ambry Thomas? I'm, I can't answer this right now because the only thing I can think about Ambry Thomas is that he got beat on the double move. So I need to make sure I watch the film in the All-22. It's very hard to see defensive backs consistently and what coverages they're in and what their job and assignments are from play to play. Uh, so my first response would be something really negative for Ambry Thomas, but I don't know how he looked on the other plays. And I'm just like with anyone, I'm not going to grade them completely off one negative play. It's a sum of plays. How many good reps did he have beyond? So um, I would probably lean towards not a great grade right now, uh, but I definitely want to take a look at the film and just kind of see where Ambry Thomas was because just like the touchdown, you know, that the, the touchdown over Mike, uh, for Michael Wilson, that wasn't an Ambry Thomas issue, right? Ambry Thomas, they're running cover two. He has flats. It's a, they got to get it, you know, they got to sag a little bit. They got to get a little bit of push on Michael Thomas, redirect him so Talano Ufonga has the opportunity to get over the top. Uh, but he wasn't able to get there. And that's one of the risks you run running a cover two. That window's open. The window between corner and safety, and with you not redirecting him and getting him a push to the middle of the field, it allows him to restack and get to where he wants to get, and then you get a touchdown. So uh, I don't put that completely on Ambry Thomas, that's for sure. Uh, Jan says, that was a good game all around. And yeah, I hope you enjoyed it, right? I mean, that's the thing. You We can enjoy these games. These are... Anytime you beat an NFL team by more than two touchdowns or two touchdowns and, and a two-point conversion, you should be very happy with how your team performed, especially with it being a divisional matchup. Uh, I thought the 49ers performed at a high level. There's a lot to love about the offense. I don't want to really harp on the negativity. I know they have to play really good on all three phases next week against Dallas, uh, but I thought there was more to build upon. And here we are sitting after four games, and the 49ers are 4-0. They're 2-0 in division. And they're, they're sitting in a really good place. And 
I, I think it's a lot to be happy about. Uh, Brad Jones says, and right now, if we need to make a trade for the defense, are you going edge rusher or cornerback? I think I would probably go cornerback. Uh, the reason being, I don't know what the 49ers are going to decide. I don't know how many situations they're going to be put in where Isaiah Oliver is a bad, mis- a bad matchup for the 49ers. And what I mean is how many times are they going to get a slot receiver who could effectively create separation on Isaiah Oliver? I mean, I know Cooper Cup for one, is somebody that you'll probably have that problem with. And in this game, there was Rondell Moore, there was Hollywood Brown. Uh, those guys had the potential to do it as well. So if you feel that there's going to be more matchups like that, and you don't feel that, you know, when Sam Womack comes back, he can help you, or Darrell Luter Jr., or Anthony Brown, who you signed, uh, then you've got to do something. And what does that mean? You worked out Jason Verrett a couple weeks ago. Is Jason Verrett an option? Not sure. Uh, so then you do have to address the trade market. And I think right now the value for what they're getting from their defensive line compared to uh, the question marks at defensive back, I think you lean more towards corner and really to stabilize. Does that mean you go out and you get a nickel corner? Do you go get somebody cheap, you know, that you're familiar with, like Kwan Williams, or you know, do you look on another roster and maybe find someone Steve Wilkes is familiar with that could come in and play that nickel spot, or do you just go big and you address the outside corner position? You know, with a big name guy like Patrick Sertan or whoever else becomes available and put them out there and then move Demo into to nickel, I think it's something the 49ers are going to have to decide. The one thing I do know, they're not consistently getting beat. Uh, so it's not something that's a, a real problem, uh, but they have to figure it out. And I think it might be as easy as playing Lenore outside consistently and just letting Oliver play on the interior uh as the nickel corner and just go away from Ambry Thomas right now because those double moves and him getting beat on those double moves are really big so it's a little nerve-wracking that's for sure Lou says hi it very good game Purdy was on point the D was good but will need to be even better next week I think that's a fair assessment yeah I thought the defense played good once again the the defensive line was putting on pressure they were doing really good against stopping the run Trey Greenlaw did good against the read option with Joshua Dobbs. They were effective on defense. He held a team to 16 points, who's been averaging well over 20 points a game. So he held them below their average. I think he did a good job. So, yeah, you're right. The offense, Brock Purdy, Christian McCaffrey, uh, Brandon Ayuk stole the show in this game and carried the 49ers to a victory. And I thought the defense and special teams did enough. And the defense was a couple of plays away from just being absolutely locked down and this game being a 35 to 3 or 35 to 10 type you know football game uh, so i think you got to be optimistic about the approach but yeah they'll go back into the lab work on a few things adjust a couple of things that they need to do and of course the cowboys are going to present some whole new matchups they're going to come in with cd lamb and brandon cooks and michael gallup and then they got tony pollard running the ball and the stress that he puts on the edge defenders to be able to uh, run with him and set a hard edge so those are going to be things that are important in this game i'm looking forward to getting into cowboys this week uh lots of content coming on the cowboys that's for sure and my guy what's up san francisco john says i've been a fsu fan since the charlie ward days rest in peace coach bowden uh me too i have been a huge fan since the charlie ward days so we probably started liking them at the same time so yeah, that's exactly when I became a Florida State uh, fan right there. Marvin says, next game with Arizona is December 18th in Zona. And I've seen you guys talking in chat about Kyler Murray. I know that they're talking about Kyler Murray potentially coming back. I did see a report yesterday that they don't believe they'd act, 
you know, open up his practice window for several weeks uh, for him to come off the pup list. One thing to remember with Kyler Murray and whether he comes back this year is really predicated on if they're afraid he's going to get hurt. He has some things built into his contract that if he gets hurt, they have to pay him a lot of money and are on the hook for a lot of money. Uh, so they might just determine to rest him this year and then you know decide what to do next year. I think a lot of that will determine how good Joshua Dobbs is playing, what their record ends up being. So we may see them, you know, may see him in December 18th, or we may not. And I think by then we'll know if he's been shut down or not. That's for sure. Uh, and JL is talking about Ambry Thomas. Ambry Thomas is a frustrating player because you see the potential, you see the ability, you see the length, you see the tackling ability, and he just, you know, he gives up some of these big plays. And it's frustrating because it's situational football. In those types of situations, you, you get beat underneath, you make a tackle, you're fine. If the Cardinals walk away with a field goal and you go into halftime and it's 21 to 6, you live with it. You're getting the ball back, you're fine. You can't allow them to get an opportunity to score a touchdown. He provided that opportunity by biting on the double move. And if it was his first time, you could kind of chalk it up to, hey, you know, he just got caught. But we saw this happen in the preseason as well. So Ambry Thomas has given me reason for concern. I'm definitely going to break down his film pretty deep this week uh, because I want to see how he's playing. I want to see what his pedal looks like, how comfortable he feels uh, getting in and out of his break, how much separation he's allowing. Yeah, I'm definitely going to put a focus on number 20 this week and see what he does. So um, Mike Thompson says, Rams look decent today. Hate to say it. Yeah, I thought they looked good early, and then I thought they fell apart for a while and were able to pull it back together. I think anytime you have a quarterback, the caliber of Matthew Stafford, your offense is going to look pretty good. Uh, but their defense is still giving up points and ended up giving up a lot of points to the Colts late in that game. 23 nothing to 23-23. That's a little scary for sure. Lou says, thoughts on the play of Oliver today? I thought he was a little late on a, on a lot of plays. Maybe I'm too critical on him. I think people are critical on him because their first impression was his struggle during the preseason. I thought this was a tough matchup for Isaiah Oliver overall uh, because of the speed that Arizona Cardinals could put in the slot and they could take advantage of him and, and crossers and things like that. And Steve Wilkes was willing to put the 49ers in some interesting uh, situations where they were running man coverage. And anytime you run man coverage and a quarterback has the time to allow a crosser to go all the way across the field, I don't care if you're Isaiah Oliver, Charverius Ward, Yamar Lenore, it doesn't matter. You're going to have a hard time staying with them especially with the mesh concepts and then running other receivers across the field, you can end up getting picked off or tripped up or have to go around another player and that creates separation. So I don't think it was Oliver's best game. That's for sure. The one thing I will say about Oliver, he consistently plays physical. He consistently is tackling well. And those are really good things because they brought him in to play a physical big nickel role. And he's supposed to cover big receivers and he's supposed to cover tight ends. And the way they've been working Tayshawn Gibson covering the tight ends has been fun, uh, but that's why Oliver's there. I was a little disappointed that Michael Wilson got him on an out pass in the fourth quarter. I thought that was a matchup that favored Isaiah Oliver, and he lost. Uh, but overall, I didn't think it was a bad play. I thought it was, you know, a pretty good play game for Oliver, but this was a tough matchup for him. And that's why in the game preview show, it was one of the things I was worried about. He's great against the run against the Cardinals. If they were going to run, uh, having him on the field as nickel, he was going to be great. But what happens when Hollywood Brown and Rondell Moore go to the slot? And that did end up hitting the 49ers a couple of times and being a little bit of a problem. 
Super chat here from WTM says, Coach Ant, what grade do you give the D-line today? I thought the D-line played superb again. And I know they're not getting home on sacks consistently, uh, but they are getting in as fast as they can. The way that the, some of these teams are able to get rid of the ball with such haste uh, has been good. We've seen some balls maybe forced, but there are open receivers in Steve Wilk's zone. I thought I would give the defensive line an A-. minus. Uh, I thought even the second team got a stop. Uh, as far as, you know, they were all out there together, and they got a stop and forced a fourth and two. Of course, Arizona ends up running the fake punt and getting the first down, but they were effective. They stopped the run. They ran down plays. You've seen Drake Jackson locate a tight end screen and get his, you know, run with it, get his hands up in the air and just kind of mess with it a little bit. Uh, you've seen Bosa, you know, getting pressure and getting home. Uh, so I thought that overall the defensive line played it good. I give him an A minus. There's always room for growth. Uh, but, yeah, even though they didn't walk away with sacks, I thought they did a good job in this game limiting the effectiveness of the 49ers, uh, I mean, of the Arizona Cardinals run game. Uh, Mike Thompson says, need to get another cornerback and sign Chandler Jones in about four weeks. We can fix him. Jones, family, our athletes. Uh, the, the Chandler Jones thing, I, I, feel, I feel bad for Chandler Jones. You know, I don't know what kind of state he's in. I hope he gets all the necessary, you know, advice and help that he needs. Um, and we'll see. You know, I think football is a secondary to that. He's a tremendous talent. And if he was cleared and ready to go and, you know, the doctors thought that it was good for him, then I could see him, you know, being another impact player in the league. He's that talented. As far as a cornerback, yes, I, I agree. There's some question marks there. I think the 49ers are pretty, you know, pretty aware of what's going on out there. Um, and I think we'll just keep, you know, watching and monitoring what the 49ers do at the cornerback position. But uh, they're going to investigate a little bit. I don't think they're settled and ready. And we know they're willing to make a splash. Last year, Christian McCaffrey, uh, 2019, they made a splash with Emmanuel Sanders. That cost them a third and a fourth round pick. I think it was well worth it. Helped them get to the Super Bowl. Maybe they could do something like that in the cornerback position. David says, I could see the cards giving both L.A. and Seattle trouble. I agree with you. I think those three teams could split with each other. Uh, just the matchups and, and things like that. I think those are going to be interesting games. And the 49ers right now are 2-0. So they need to make sure they win their division games, and hopefully these teams battle each other and beat each other up a little bit. And then there you are sitting uh, with the top spot in the division. I think that would be great. And what's up, Deborah? Deborah in the house says, Brock, awesome. Guys, wow, Super Bowl. Brock did look really good in this game. So uh, for sure, uh, Deborah, you're, you're right about that. And Doug's already coming through. Doug Carroll coming through with the prediction for the 49ers-Cowboys. 49ers 27, Cowboys 20. Yeah, I mean, last year the Cowboys held the 49ers to 19 points in that divisional matchup, but the 49ers have scored 30 points in every single game uh, this season. It's It's been a very impressive offense for sure. And I think that's, you know, we're going to see what Dallas Cowboys can do. They present some interesting matchups, especially on the edge with Micah Parsons versus Colton McKivitz. Uh, so those are, are going to be very, very interested. Hugo says, Kyle, have CMC on his fantasy football. Yeah, Mitchell was out, but you got to give Mason and TDP some love. I think if Jordan Mason would have been more effective, uh, he would have got more love. I thought Jordan Mason's effectiveness uh, was average. Um, I, I like him catching the football in the backfield. I don't think Arizona expected that. That was a nice and effective play. I think when it came to running the football, he got some yardage, uh, but really he wasn't as effective as Christian McCaffrey on the ground, and you need someone that can get you four, four yards of carry. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think that 
you know, Jordan Mason, like we want him to get more carries. I was expecting him uh, to get more carries in this game, uh, but he didn't. And Jordan Mason got three carries for 10 yards, 3.3 average. So you want that number a little bit higher. But the 49ers' only running back that was really effective was Christian McCaffrey in this game. He had 20 carries for 106. It's not much different as far as usage from what we've seen in the first two weeks of the season. And I think everyone kind of understood once we got to the game and Elijah Mitchell was going to be out, that they were going to go heavy Christian McCaffrey in this game. So um, I did not know this, Brad. Brad says Huff got into a fight with James Conner after the game. I had no idea. So that's something to monitor. Hopefully uh, no discipline comes down. Hopefully neither one of these players were injured in the scuffle, but I did not know that happened. So thanks, Brad Jones, for talking about Huff getting into a fight with Connor, and that is out of character for Huff. I know Huff was definitely given a little bit extra in this game, but that is a little bit different from what I know of Huff's character for sure, so maybe it was instigated, I don't know. Uh, Darren says, CMC stole the show. He really did. He, he was so effective. He was so good. It wasn't just running the football. It was catching the football. It was making people miss in space, hurtling Cottrell Clark. Uh, yeah, he, Christian McCaffrey was do-it-all today. He unlocked the offense for Kyle Shanahan, and he took the pressure off of Debo Samuel because Debo didn't have to do anything in this game. Kyle Shanahan used him as a decoy, made sure that he kept him healthy. That way he has more time to rest for next week. And you saw Debo take care of himself, go out of bounds, not really look to engage in cont contact, which is not normal for Debo. So a uh, very good job there uh, for Christian McCaffrey. Anthony Jackson says, we need to remember Bosa, no preseason, Brock, limited playing time. I think that both of them were great. I thought Debo, or I thought Bosa was getting to the quarterback very quickly. It was just Dobbs was getting rid of the football, or he was scrambling. Uh, so I thought that Nick Bosa, he looks good right now. I think he's been pretty effective. His hurries are through the roof. This year, the 49ers' effectiveness, yeah, they haven't been able to produce a lot of sacks, uh, but I think some of those numbers are going to come. I think eventually the 49ers' coverage is going to settle in, and they're going to be able to force some of these quarterbacks to hold on to the football. And when they do, uh, they'll be fine. And I like this from Anthony. He says, D will get better. I, I'm with you. I, I am in full agreement uh, you know, with that, that the defense is going to keep getting better. And Mike sees what we all see, and we love it. Dre Greenlaw is a savage. Niners have the best tacklers in the league. Dre Greenlaw brings the heat, and he brings the wood when he hits. He lets you know every single play that he's there. You're going to feel it. He's an enforcer. And the 49ers have those guys that make it difficult for other teams to want to run or catch the ball over the middle. Dre Greenlaw, Fred Warner, and now it's starting to spray over into other players as well. Talanoa Fonga bringing the heat. And you got guys like Oren Burks, you know, clotheslining people out of bounds. There is definitely a nature of physicality that has been produced from a player like Dre Greenlaw. And Drake Greenlaw has been setting the tone. Uh, I absolutely love what he's been doing for the 49ers defense. I love it. And let's see what we got here. Brad says, uh, only injury from the game is John Feliciano in concussion protocol. That's always good news. Uh, limited injuries are, are great. Now we can monitor, you know, what happens, you know, when people start feeling bumps and bruises when they come in tomorrow. Uh, the good news is you walk out with no serious injuries again. 49ers play a very physical brand of football. But I think having that mini buy by playing on Thursday night ends up 
paying huge dividends for the 49ers health-wise. Uh, they protect Debo in this game. They get Brandon Ayuk reacclimated after his time off. So it, it was it was very good and effective. And yeah, it's going to be something interesting to monitor. This is not a throwaway injury for John Feliciano. Because with concussion protocol, you just never know how it's going to go and whether he'll be available to play. So what does that mean for the 49ers interior offensive line? It could mean that uh, Nick Sakel ends up being the backup in, in, in the game. And that would be interesting because he's had a mixed bag about snaps all throughout the last two years, especially this year in training camp. They were trying Nick Sakel, and he wasn't very effective snapping the football. I don't know if they feel comfortable with that. Uh, we'll see. Um, you would think that he would be the guy that would be activated if something happens. But I think their hope is probably that John Feliciano is going to be back and capable of playing. And that's what Arnold was saying here. Hey, Ant, what's the concussion protocol? John Feliciano suffered a concussion. Will he sit out the next game? Thanks, bro. Um, it's not for sure. So he has certain marks that he has to meet. So at first, you have uh, they, they take you through certain processes and you have to clear certain processes. Once they do that, then you go to a blue jersey. It's a non-contact jersey. You're back on the field, and you start running a little bit. That's good news. If you have sickness after that, then you're, you're, you're done for. Uh, so you're going to see progressions this week. First, he'll be out. Then hopefully he'll be in a blue jersey. And then hopefully by the time we get to Friday or Saturday, they'll think that he's going to be able to clear concussion protocol. If that happens, he'll be able to play Sunday. Because it's a full week, he has an opportunity. If this was a short week, he would not be back. Uh, so it's it's something to, to monitor, and I don't know how comfortable people feel with Nick Zakel, you know, being that guy. And Ernest says, got a bet riding on the next game. Let's go. I bet you a lot of people do. I bet you a lot of people do. Brad right here says, maybe they bring back Jason Verrett. And Brad, you're not far off. They, they worked out Jason Verrett. So they're monitoring where he's at. The question mark is, we're just about 12 weeks. I think he injured himself about this time last year, 12 weeks from an Achilles. We remember what happened when he first came back to, the, or when he first came to the 49ers in 2019. They put him in against Cleveland. He got absolutely smoked uh, because of the, I think maybe it was Pittsburgh, uh, because of the Achilles. He didn't have the speed back. So if he has the explosiveness and speed back, bring Jason Verrett back. The intelligence, all the things that he would add, you could probably put him out there and you feel comfortable with him and Lenore. Uh, but if not, you know, you, you just you can't go that way right now. They decided to go Anthony Brown. He is also coming off an Achilles. Uh, so it's it's something to remember. WTM making me laugh, by the way, with Brad Jones. He's 82 years old. Oh, get out of here. Uh, that's funny. And, uh, yeah, Jay Ellie says, hey, hit that like button. Yeah, please hit the like button. H uh, help it out. Like and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. And using his membership privileges here, David V with the super chat. So I gotta put this up. My guy David V in the house. Let's let's effing go 49ers hashtag TCC and David V 25 months as a supporter for the 49ers cutback. So yeah, if you if you want to be a member, join. You just click the join button right here on YouTube. Uh, it's down there by the description, and you can join and become a member. Thank you so much to David V and Jay Ellie, who both exercised uh, their rights today as channel members to leave a super chat. I really appreciate you guys. You guys are the best, and you guys have been here since day one, so it's great. And then we got this from Brad Jones. He said, I think this defense right now reminds me a lot of the DMC's first year, also D'Amico's first year as DC. A little adjustment period, and then back half the year, 
They were off to the races and carried us to the NFC Championship game. I think there's definitely a a period to where you have to allow Steve Wilkes to somewhat adjust. I also believe that teams are smart. Uh, they get an idea of what they can do to attack you, and you have to consistently adjust. What teams are going to do now is they're going to get familiar with the 49ers system with Steve Wilkes and what he's doing with the personnel at which he has. And I think once the 49ers figure out what that is, they'll keep adjusting. The one thing I know about Steve Wilkes, he's highly intelligent and understands a lot about football. He has a wealth of experience as a defensive coordinator in the league, so he, there's not a lot that he hasn't seen. He'll be able to help this defense adjust, and I think they will settle in. I do wonder if they're going to make some sort of a move, whether that's a low-key signing, a low-key trade to get either a cornerback uh, or an edge defender. I think the edge defender is less likely. I think now defensive back has kind of gotten the attention. I think if Sam Womack uh, was healthy, Sam Womack would have been out there today instead of Ambry Thomas. Uh, but those are going to be things that we have to monitor to see kind of you know what ends up happening with this team. And what's up, Mr. Corey? Mr. Corey in the house. Uh, glad you came through. And Brad says, oh, in the fight, Connor has his helmet on and Huff didn't. And Huff didn't blink or back down. That's interesting. So I'm sure that'll be all over the place. Uh, the the video of it, I haven't seen it, but I'll I'll look forward to kind of you know catching that later and seeing what was going on there. I don't like altercations, especially after the game. It's like, come on, guys, keep your cool. It's football. Uh, but you know, one of those things where as long as Huff isn't injured, a lot of times you just let these things go. But we'll see. The NFL likes to interact and interject in types of situations like this. Hopefully, no repercussions come from it, and neither one of these players were injured. Mr. Corey says. Can we ship out Ambry Thomas already? I think it's getting to the point now where he's becoming somewhat of a liability if I go back and watch the film and it looked the way that I thought it looked. I'm not ready to go ahead and say that yet because watching Ambry Thomas, you can't get a full idea of exactly what the play looked like without seeing the coverage beforehand and how he operated. Uh, but he's making some mistakes that you shouldn't make. And getting beat deep on that play is one of those. You have to know the situation. You have to know what you're supposed to do in those situations. And I feel like him getting beat deep is not good. You can't allow double moves in those situations. you got to just allow them to catch the ball underneath if you were given too much space and you just make a tackle. So it's going to get close. It's going to get close for Ambry Thomas. Uh, it, it's getting closer to them moving on than him you know, being able to get back in there and start. Mike Thompson says Wilkes is still experimenting. Will be great by week 17. The most important thing is the 49ers are winning. They're still being effective on defense. And when they get to the, the playoffs, they just have to be playing at their best. And that's all that matters. So you're right. By week 17, week 18 uh, playoffs, as long as the 49ers are hitting a stride and they've won enough games to be the number one seed in the playoffs, doesn't really matter, does it, Mike? Uh, so that's a great point right there. So, guys, I'm going to check out. Thank you guys so much for joining. Like and subscribe if you haven't already. If you're listening on an audio platform, please give me a five-star rating. 49ers cutback on Believe. This episode was brought to you by Bet Online, where the game starts. Thank you guys so much for watching. I'll catch you guys on the next one. Until then, stay safe. And remember, the right way is always the 49ers way.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.